Hello and welcome. If you can hear in the sound of my voice, you have entered into the Two Beers Please podcast quadrant of the universe. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, it is me, your co-host. What a weird way I of saying that. I wasn't sure where you were going with that, and I think you, I think you wrapped it up enough where I could like we can give you that it was a Star Wars reference. There you go. I I was like a parsec would have been a better word. Yeah, I wish I had said parsec. So welcome to the oh yeah, two beers please parsec. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Yannick and Carnesau, as always, joined by my good friend Matthew Phillips on this uh, holiday special episode. It's not Christmas, not yet. This year is going fast. It's not going that fast, I promise. Uh, it is still the beginning of the year, and uh, we are here on uh, Star Wars week, we'll call it. Uh, we're releasing this May the 4th. I'm telling you this now so that we actually release it May the 4th. Sometimes we get delayed, and this is a challenge to me. I've said it enough times in the beginning now where it has to go out on May now the 4th. Now you're, yeah, you're not going to look good. They can, at least, they can listen to it whenever they want, but you are... Uh... That's a that's a way to really hold yourself accountable. Well done, Yannick. Thank you. I am not, <laughs> I am nothing if not someone who puts myself under pressure. <laughs> Honestly, sometimes it's nice to have a deadline. You're just like, oh shit, I can. I can't. I mean, I I mean, I guess although, I could cut this whole be beginning. Almost, now it would almost just be hilarious if we didn't do it. <laughs> just co- just comes out May like twentieth. <laughs> if it wasn't actually, if there wasn't the Star Wars lining up with it, I think I would pressure you after the episode to be like, no, do it the next day. It'll be hilarious. It will be funny. Um, I guess you'll I don't, you'll know. I don't care if I'm the only one that likes the bit. Yeah. Uh, hey, listen. You'll know. You you guys have foresight. You then more than we do. As we're recording this, we don't know what's going on. We, you live in a world that we don't know of yet. So who knows what happens by then? This is getting off topic. Thank you for joining us once again uh, in this uh, sports podcast. Uh, we're always happy to have you here, and there are always so many sports to talk about. Uh, so we're going to get to it here soon. As always, please follow us on the Facebook page, on the Twitter site at the number 2BP underscore podcast, on the Instagram page at 2BeersPlease underscore podcast, spelled like it sounds. You can find us on Spotify. You can spot it, find us on Anchor. Find us on Apple Podcasts. Please throw us some listens, throw us some downloads, throw us some ratings and reviews. You know, just tell your friends because we continue to make episodes and continue to keep you posted on everything going on. Uh, and we, I feel, cover interesting topics. We don't like try to talk about, um, you know, Kevin Durant and whether he's a bad basketball player, you know, after one bad series. Um, uh, we're not going to do talk about that today. I could promise you that. We'll talk about other things. <laughs> Guess it's a, I guess it's a way to get headline. Maybe that's where we're failing. Maybe we just need to start being the, uh, we start taking the Skip Bayless, the, what's, what's it, cow, coward approach. Where you're oh, just yeah. like, I'm going to say shit that, like, I do not believe, but somebody will listen to it because it's so asinine. See, and but we we can't even do that because anytime I try to do that, Matt holds me accountable right here on the podcast. Yeah. Live time. <laughs> I'm not good. Like, I really do, like, especially in, like, something like this, also, we're, we're just doing it for fun. I think it would be tough for me to, like, really... All the sports topics aren't that tough to, like, take a stand. I could, like... I mean, like, the Nuggets-Sixers argument we had a couple weeks ago about the roster. When I, like, looked at it retrospectively, I was like, ah, I don't know. I probably, do, I probably do like the Sixers roster more. But in the moment, in my head, I was like, you know, I, I'm going to argue for it. Like, just yeah. because, like... 
And when the stakes are not that high in the argument, then it is sometimes fun to just be like, yeah, I'll, I'll do a devil's advocate. But like, they say shit where I think at least I had some argument. Like, they, they say shit where it's just like, hey, come on, dude. Yeah, it it's it it gets a little ridiculous out there. So let us be a funny uh, alternative to the ridiculous news. Um, and and you know, thank you for tuning in. We're happy to have you. We have a lot to talk about today, and we're going to get through it soon. NFL draft has completed, so lots of players having new teams, both in terms of trades and in terms of new players coming into the league. The NBA playoffs is in its second round. We'll talk to you about all the storylines there. The NHL playoffs has commenced. Uh, obviously, we haven't given the NHL a lot of love uh, because we're not the biggest hockey experts, but we will dive into it so our deep. Bad. Our bad. Yeah, our bad. Our dad, but we're gonna we're gonna dive into it so deep. You're gonna think we're freaking Connor McDavid's cousins. <laughs> Let me tell you, we are the McDavid cousins over here. <laughs> As if like Connor McDavid's from the south or something. Um, to be fair, too, like I mean, we always do say NHL's it's the best postseason. Um, yeah, and and it's I mean it's a good regular season, but it's a long one. And I think it was kind of weird with like the Olympic breakup, like that, like so. Uh, but yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to it. It was a good, good first night of action. Some, uh, some high scoring, which there's been a lot of high scoring this whole season. So I think the playoffs should be, should be pretty exciting. Yeah. It's interesting because there's a lot of teams that have been dominant, but obviously the last two years, the lightning has won. Uh, so it's almost like negated all the other dominance because they're back-to-back champs. Um, (coughs) but then you have a lot of great teams coming up too, that you think are those teams going to finally take over kind of the old guard of, of of really good teams. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Panthers, Panthers, Panthers have been like the best team all year. They haven't won a playoff series in 26 years. You got the Lightning and Maple Leafs series, which, I mean, the Maple Leafs swooped them, what, was it 5-0 last night? 5-0. It, feel, it feels so like, yeah, the Lightning are going to win this because the Maple Leafs love to choke, and the Lightning are two-time defending champs. Um, but even though it's like, I didn't even realize until we were kind of looking at it, which, again, this on me, not – follow NHL that closely like the Knights aren't, aren't in the playoffs which I know they haven't been around that long but first time they, they haven't been in the playoffs which they're new, usually a, a team that makes a lot of noise in the playoffs as well so it'll be it, 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 like NHL playoffs rule it, it they are the best you, it, chaos normally ensues right like in basketball playoffs you're like playoffs are here look at this game seven in NHL playoffs you're like Playoffs are here. Game seven. Also, seven guys are bleeding on the ground. Yeah, let's go. It's yeah. great. <laughs> and even like ba- like basketball too. Like, I mean, like the Bucks are the three seed, but they're the defending champion. Like, there's if the Bucks make that run, I, I like we know that they. It, it wouldn't be like a surprise. Where right? I think a lot of times, like the NHL, usually the best teams like do finish up. They don't always go all the way in the Stanley Cup playoffs, which is why it's so exciting. But like I think they like you're like okay yeah like the Avalanche and and the Flames and the Panthers I think we're all like yeah they are the best the best I I need to start giving more love to the Heat but like the Heat we have questions about the, the, the Grizzlies even at the two seed we're like are they are they legit so I, like I sometimes the seedings of how we do this like the playoffs is different too so I think that's maybe why the chaos feels more chaotic in in the. Uh, in the NHL, like the Sixers or the four seed, if they make the play- the finals, it's not going to be like, damn, what a what a run. Yeah, exactly. No, that's definitely true. And I also think hockey, like I feel like in other sports, half the teams suck and the other half the teams are really good. I feel like in hockey, there's a couple teams that suck, 
don't get me wrong but for the most part all the teams are pretty pretty great so then the teams that end up getting in the playoffs you look at all of the seeds and it's like man you know like any of these teams could really could really get in there like the Bruins were the last to qualify out of their division um and you know granted they got destroyed by the canes in the first round in the first game here last night <laughs> yeah um don't give too but, much as, I, as i'm saying the uh, same thing about the lightning gonna beat the late maple leafs yeah exactly but at the same time it's like you know bruins are very also like in the playoffs consistent team as well so you know they could get schlacked by the canes or they could make it through it's, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens uh and we'll talk about that as well and uh yeah let's start off though with the holiday uh, may the fourth be with you, Matthew, and uh, the, I, holiday. I, the holiday. Is it, uh, you know, I guess what is the take? Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. What is the definition? Ga- of the holiday in a galaxy, just like an observant of something, right? So, yeah, there you go. I'm not making a controversial statement. I don't think. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm not either. <laughs> but like you know, like I don't like. I'm just like thinking, you know, like when you think like how like it's probably. I mean, <laughs> this is. Just, my specific point of view, though, I think holiday and, of course, you know, many years in the Catholic Church. So I got a pretty. But, you know, but then I also think like Fourth of July is a holiday, but that's national holiday. Now I have to look up. I just want to know. I mean, I think you're right. I think it is a holiday. I just want yeah. to know what the definition of a holiday is. A day of festivity and recreation when no work is done. As a, that's the noun. Um, verbs. <laughs> Spend a holiday. In a specific, yeah, I think. it's Yeah. Yeah. Just and, an you know, Star Wars serving. Star Wars has kind of like a Catholic vibe to it, if you think about it a little bit. Like you know, the second coming of the, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, th- th- that's where I'll stop. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to bring the bad on myself Jesus here. And, Jesus and God had that lightsaber battle. Yeah, that would know. be a hell of a Leviticus eight eight sixteen. Oh, um, hey, Abraham. <laughs> listen. Have you seen the Family Guy? It's the clip of Abraham, and I'm blanking on his son's name, but it's just like they're referencing it, and then they're just like walking back in, you know, the desert, and Abraham's son's looking at him, and he's just like, "Do you want to tell me what the fuck that was about?" Right, the the son that yeah yeah the son that he <laughs> he's about to like yeah. kill and then doesn't. It's such a great reaction. Just like what. The- so was, funny. I didn't do it, so everyone just yeah. calm down. Good. <laughs> Listen, life extension is too short. Is <laughs> yeah, you were gonna die in three years anyway. I was yeah, gonna, was, I was gonna. I saw you drink the water. You can't do that. The plague before the plague gets you. Let me just, <laughs> let me just speed this along. We do not have penicillin here, uh, FYI. Oh, I'm allergic it's... to penicillin. Actually, oh, oh dang, well, rough time. <laughs> I shouldn't have drank the water. Dang it. Oh, Not good. again. Oh, <laughs> again? Well, if again, then you are fine. You bounced back before. All right, Matt. So are you a Star Wars fan? Are you are are you more of like another we we've talked oh, about this yeah. before. Oh yeah. Okay. So I, I thought I don't that know if anyone isn't a Star Wars. Like I you don't have to be obsessed with it, but like how can you not like Star Wars. Right, of course, but so you're not obsessed with it though. Like you know, like I mean, there are, we have friends of ours even who are like, you know, they can debate you on every movie. I wasn't. Sh- I just I don't got, know where you stand. I mean, I, would, I could debate you on every movie. I got a lightsaber. Okay. I got. I mean, like I, I'd say I'm like a, a pretty solid Star Wars fan. Plus, I love cool. going to Disney World, and they got you know a bunch of Star Wars sh- shit there. Um, 
Yeah, that's Star Wars is just too culturally awesome not to be a fan. Right. Okay. So then, out of the nine movies that are kind of the main plot, I know we have like the Rogue One, and I give some love to Rogue One right now. Great movie. Do love um, Solo. A solo story it was okay. I uh, heard that was horrible. I remember I tried fine. to even watch it, and I think I was like started, and I was like, I'm already so bored. And I usually, I like, I don't do that with movies. Like, I if I start something, so I turned it off. I still haven't seen it. Right. And, and Attack of the Clone, the animated version, obviously, like another one that, you know, it's it's pretty okay. Great TV show. Yeah, exactly. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Um, no, but so out of the nine, you know, main movies of the of the of the three trilogies out there, what are kind of your from worst to best rankings of those films? And, you know, go into as much detail as you want. But I'm just curious to think because there's obviously like a consensus that the newer ones are worse than the older ones, which, you know, of course. But like, where do you where does everything? Because that never out for happens you? with movies. <laughs> yeah. I, so like so part of my like my thing is like I really do like Star Wars. And I think I think people sometimes like with the new movies, like they have this like super high criticism. But if they were watching the originals in that same vein, I think they would be just as highly critical. Like sometimes they act like start like they act like the original trilogy isn't some ridiculous storyline like the other like two trilogies are. You know, like right. I, I I do think the original are better. They're better made. It is a better story. But like I think people sometimes act like there's like some mad like I didn't love Rise of Skywalker. I'd say that's probably my second to last. Just for, I just didn't. I mean, I thought it was fine. I did, like, I didn't like. Some people were like, "That was the worst movie ever," and I was like, I, "What were you expecting?" You know, like yeah. it's still it, it's Star Wars. Like this isn't. Like, this is not all that highbrow. You got to come in with some level of, you know, not saying it's not. Uh, you know, have some commendable things because the original I'll talk about in a bit. Like, cinema nerd, I love. All right, so attacking the clones, I think's the worst. That's Although, Natalie Portman. In the backless dress, it's one of that and Kira Knightley in the green dress and atonement are the two just oh. most stunning moments in cinema history. Uh, huge, huge fan of the upper back because of the attack of the clown. So it's it's still a you know a really integral part of my life. Next, I go I go Rise of Skywalker. Okay. Then then Phantom Menace, but Phantom Menace has Darth Maul, so it's still dope. And the pod racing scenes are cool, so I still like Phantom Menace. Then I go Last Jedi. I didn't like super, super like love Last Jedi as much as a lot of people, but I still liked it. I just like I think a lot of people like have it higher than I do. Um, and I I see where they're coming from. Just in my rankings of, of the Star Wars, it's not there. Then I go Revenge of the Sith. I actually I, I kinda like Revenge of the Sith. I think it's better than than the credit it gets. I like easily out of the, the episodes one, two, three, I say the best. Um and then Force Awakens, I, I loved Force Awakens. And I think part of it was I just thought it like really embodied the spirit. Cause like it's the spirit of Star Wars more than like this fan, like amazing, you know, piece of film a lot of times. And I thought that one nailed it on the head. And then I got the, the original trilogy. I actually have Empire Strikes Back third, mostly just cause I got, I got New Hope two, where like as a cinema nerd, just as the original one with like, the sound effects and sound design is it's nuts. I could go off forever about it. Uh, so it being like the first one, I give it that. And then as a little kid, just, I think the return of the Jedi being the, like the culmination of the hero winning, it always had a more special place in my heart. And that opening sequence at Jabba's palace is like top 
five top three just like sequences in a movie ever for me. I think it's so so cool. Um, so yeah, I got I got Return of the Jedi as, as my top Star Wars. Yeah, you know, I think we had a lot of the same um, ideas. I like, yeah, I think we had this, a lot of the same ideas, and I think honestly, we are in the right. <laughs> I will say that I feel like we are in the right because I think, you know, I also. Okay, so at night, at, at last, I got Attack of the Clones too. Just those romantic conversation scenes were so badly executed. I could Dude, not. Hayden has got all. I'll, I'll say this as I like. Here's my one comment on the nine two. Attack of the Clones to me is the only one of them that like I think is objectionably, objectively a bad movie. I think right. the other eight have enough merits to be like solid movies. Attack of the Clones is bad. It's bad. I don't know what they were thinking. Just with how they cut it was horrible. I hate sand was horrible it was so bad um oh, and it's the I and hate it, sand line <laughs> it's it's Fringe. pretty bad um phantom menace is the second listen it i i i just i just that that i and i don't want to put this on a kid actor but he sucked so bad and so for a kid actor to not be a good actor and then for the whole movie to center around this kind of weird little Darth Vader storyline. It just felt very hard to like get behind. And the only thing that saves it, the only thing that saves it is the Darth Maul and music scene of, of Duel of the Fates. It's just like it's so iconic that like that for me, you know, puts it above um, and, and, and makes it a good movie. Cause that ending of, is one of my favorites of, of the whole situation. It's like the one of Darth, my favorite like, fights. This the Darth Maul scenes make that movie salvageable yeah exactly exactly and so that's how how well that worked out for them so it was it was really uh, successful there at seven i have rise of skywalker you know i just think it didn't it, it didn't for me satisfied what was set up and it felt like it just got it just felt really played out and then it was like oh here's the secret sith society and i was like i mean that's boring so it was yeah. the same bad guys that's that's gross and boring that's like uh which like and like i, I think they could have executed that well because like there was I mean, a lot of what palpatine talks about in especially the the second trilogy is like the ability to resurrect right so like there but like the way so i think like a lot of the stuff they didn't in the rise of skywalker like could have worked <laughs> but the way all of it was executed felt so like lazy. This is the bad, like tie. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, exactly. It just it it's not that it was wrong. Otherwise, this would be last. If it completely didn't work, this would be last. This movie. But but uh, it just felt like yeah, like they were just like like you were reading, getting a bedtime story read to you, and then they the parent wanted to finish so the kid would go to bed yeah and then you know the, the palpatine at the bottom and there's a secret sith and 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 then the end they win okay cool cool cool, cool. um yeah. and it just felt like kind of played out um uh, next one up is revenge of the sith you know the anakin dark arc realized i think there's some great duel scenes lots of plot holes especially like why does he have to kill all the younglings i still will not i still i still will not track that that mind <laughs> that thought pattern i think um, you know he's, he's got to make sure he's he's got he's pushing them over the edge once you kill a bunch of kids you're you're gone that that's you know, fair. Maybe, maybe he I, goes sees maybe he goes and sees Padme and like Padme's like no like you can come back but and you murder a bunch of children you're, you're no yeah yeah 
Uh, yeah, no, that's why I don't have it in my bottom three. Like, fair enough. It is for me the best of the of that. Again, trilogy. I'm kind of playing devil's. I'm kind of playing devil's advocate because yeah. I don't. I don't really think it was all that needed. But I, it was just the way they treated his progression in those movies, like as a kid to Darth Vader, was pretty poorly done. Right, especially as like the main antagonist of the original trilogy, you thought they would take a little more care with that, but they just felt like, well, let's throw these. He's so he's so quickly too is like turns and he's like, yo, you gotta go kill these kids. All right, all right, cool. Well, <laughs> like, might yeah, as well. there were some hints of some bad in Anakin, exactly. But that's a pretty big freaking leap. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's it's. Uh, yeah, one of the bigger character leaps I've seen, for sure. Um, yeah, and then I have uh, The Last Jedi. You know, I thought it broke the rules in an interesting way for, like, a Star Wars movie. Had something new to stay, you know, in terms of, like, you know, your parents are nobody kind of situation. Uh, the Rose and Finn storyline was trash. Like, I just was like, what is going on here, guys? Like, you got... This storyline could just be picked up and put somewhere and no one would know. No one would no. watch that movie and figure out that there was something missing. It was no. uh it was it was weird and I and I didn't appreciate it. It was like I don't know why why we did this because it, it just, just it served no purpose. Like still, yeah. like it like you said, like you just dropped no. Yeah, exactly. Uh at the number four spot. I got Force Awakens. Was it like a, you like you you couldn't have said it better? Wonderful return to the spirit of Star Wars, a new villain, and I think kind of giving Kylo Ren this human side was almost scarier because it's not yeah. just like this. It was like this dude is losing his fucking dude, mind. Adam was, Driver, yeah. like, yeah, did great, did great. Best for and, best for, for just best single performance by an actor in any of the original Star Wars, and it was in that movie. No, oh, there you go. That, that's that's a little clip right there. That's a little clip right there. A little audio. I don't know clip how bold the... that is. I mean, the acting of Star Wars usually isn't all that talked about, but he crushed. No! <laughs> um, well, yeah, uh, the acting of Star Wars is talked about, and uh, usually not all that well. Not all that well. Um, and then I have the original three. Uh, for me, at the three spot, I have. Sorry, what were you going to say? You have something. No, 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 no. You're good. You're... I was just going to say. I was just going to say. I like that we. We're like really, really similar, and I also like that we have them all in the same three like oh yeah sectors. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. like it. Like we we have most of the the second trilogy in the bottom. We kind of flipped one out for like there. Yeah, and we and you have to have the original three because even the worst of the original three is is better. better than all of the other movies. For me, it's close, but for me, that that is Return of the Jedi. Uh, it's damn good. I think that's usually the consensus, really. Right, exactly. But but you, what you just said, that fantastic save Han from Jabba scene and the final moment, obviously, between Anakin and Luke, two of like the best scenes throughout all of the movies and uh, one of the best sequences in, in cinema history. I agree. I 100% agree. There's nothing you can say about that and there's nothing that the other two movies can really hold the candle to. Um, at the number two, I have the original, you know, the OG, Amazing New Hope. Obviously, you know, it was just really, really great. And and the only reason I have it in second is because I consider, you know, Emperor Strikes Back as one of the most perfect sequels in, in history. I mean, if not the most perfect sequel that is out there uh, in just how it took all of the 
all of the stuff set up in the first movie and 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 made it so much more important and, and incorporated so much more and, and and the characters grew together so i feel like those three you know had a little more chemistry in that movie as well i think the best chemistry for them was still in return <laughs> of the jedi but you know in terms of against new hope so yeah merit wise i think like empire's pretty easily the best movie of course like, yeah. like, like it like it's, just, it's so well made and like get thrown right into it and with the attack and like it the pacing of it is is so good and just all the kind of the, the, the like you said like the the addition to the world building um yeah it, that like it is i think if you're if you're strictly like like taking it just by that it is it's the best one and i think i think normally they it is like consensus is kind of two one three yeah i think it's I, I've heard a lot of, you know, that's the thing with Star Wars fans, though. As soon as there's this consensus, there's someone saying why the consensus is wrong. And so uh, it's hard to, it's it's hard to. Return of the Jedi, like, also, like, it also is just like, it's a little, it's more straightforward than the, which it kind of had to be, because it'd be like, I mean, as we say, like, oh, you lazily tied up the ends or whatever, like, well, it, and it's how you would, what you have to do at the end of the story. Um, yeah, but it does. It makes for less, like even like the twists and turns of the Return of the Jedi. I like they're gonna they're gonna win, and I yeah, yeah, that's clear. And uh, it's not it's not really put that it's gonna be another way ever. So that's fair. But yeah, happy to happy to go through those with you. I'm gonna watch these again. I've, I've I'm hype about it again. So I'm gonna go through. It's been a while again. since I've watched the original, especially. Yeah, no, for sure. I I think beginning of the pandemic, I watched one of them, and then uh, and I haven't watched any of them since. So I you I know. think I've I've always wanted to like you know not you know in one day over over a few weeks time um at least make myself sound better watch you know episode one to nine, but I think I've tried it before and I think I've like gotten like a third of the way through Attack of the Clones and I've been like I can't do this and then I just give up. Like, I don't even move on. Like, I'm just so defeated by Attack of the Clones that <laughs> I don't want any more of any Star Wars. I don't like sand. Oh, no. Oh, I God. Sand. It's so bad. Oh, it's everywhere. <laughs> God. Okay, nah, well, we're, move- nah. oh, we're moving on, Hayden. I hate you, Hayden. We're moving on. Yeah. All right. Sorry, NFL dude. draft uh, took place. We had a lot of hopes and dreams for our teams, and as per usual, our teams uh, disappointed us uh, both in the first round. Anyway, uh, nah, man, I'm pumped. You're pumped? Hell yeah! It's Christian Watson. Is that is that who's got you pumped? Well, I'm excited about that because, like, that at the point where we got like where we were at, we were stuck with Watson was going to be the best option, so we still went and got the best option, which makes me more pumped about the first round. But I like the two guys they got. And, and I think, like, you get two guys from a championship-caliber team, two guys that are extremely athletic, um, and, and I, I know a little bit raw, but I think we'll be able to, to kind of add a little more speed and, and kind of be that modern defender that the Packers need. Uh, and then we still got Watson and, and, and stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually quite happy. What grade do you give your team, then? Uh... I'll go an optimistic B plus. B plus. Look at you. Look at you being an optimistic Packers fan. I love to uh, see I mean, it. Like, we needed a linebacker like Quay. We get a really, really good D line. I mean, like he was ranked like pro football focus wise as the top interior defensive lineman. Um, 
And then I, I always, I was optimistic that we would move up, but as soon as those receivers went as they did at the end of the, of the top 10 and, and into the, you know, the teens and stuff, I, I knew the chances of getting, you know, one of the elite elite guys was, um, you know, not, not probably going to happen unless we got pretty aggressive with it. Uh, and I, I think with, it would have been a deal. Like if we hadn't gotten Watson there early in the second round, then I would probably be closer to a B minus or a C plus. But I think being able to still get two, I think impactful defensive players and get that, that receiver that we were probably going to mostly end up with anyway, with how it was playing out, it ended up falling pretty well for us. Nice. Okay. So your team, you think did pretty well in the draft. Who do you think did even better? Who, who do you think won this draft? I'm, I'm going with the Ravens. I think, um, yeah. I think you can make an argument that just overall, like prospect wise, they got like maybe the two best players in Kyle Hamilton and, and Tyler Linderbaum. They just, how good they are at their positions. Of course, the positions they play. I mean, if they were defensive ends or even if Hamilton was you know, more of a cornerback, they would have been going in the top five. Um, or, you know, if Linderbaum's a tackle, but two just absolutely great players. Then you go get an elite a pass rusher and David Ajabo from, uh, from Michigan with their third pick cornerback from, from Bama and armor Davis. And, uh, they're a team that also uses the tight end. Well, they got two tight ends, including Charlie Kohler, who, who we know can, can do a lot of good things. He was a great tight end at Iowa state. I think, you know, having him be a second fiddle to Mark Andrews, um, and, and he can block and catch the ball. Um, so also, you know, help that run game. I, th- I think the Ravens, which they do most, I mean, like I think routinely one of the teams that, that really have, have to have good drafts. Um, I, I think they knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I agree. I think the Ravens did well. And I only think one team did slightly better than them. And it's only because, I mean, I, I can't imagine the number of great players that they picked up should everything go well. And that's the New York Jets. You know, they picked up three yeah. absolute stars in the first round. You get Sauce Gardner, you get Garrett Wilson, you get Jermaine Johnson the second. You have three impact players right there that should be able to slot in on three really important positions, you know, at wide receiver, at that cornerback position, um, and on the edge. So that's going to be, you know, three really, really good players. And Jermaine Johnson, maybe the steal of the first draft, considering how far he fell. Um, so that's really good for them, too. And then. Past that, they pick up Brees Hall, who we know is a monster, who can play really, really yeah. well running back. So you might even have your form future running back, too. And then Jem- Jeremy Ruckert from Ohio State, another great tight end prospect. Um, and we know that the tight end position is something that people are trying to capitalize on more. So I think, you know, it's crazy to think how good they could be should these prospects develop alongside Zach Wilson. Now, obviously, there's more of a question. I think what the Ravens have as advantage is they have Lamar. You know, like whatever happens with the prospects, they have Lamar, they have their running game. You know, it, it's only going to make them better. It can't really make them worse. The Jets, obviously. In addition, an still- addition to something that's more of a proven thing, like you're kind of building on something that's already there as opposed to. Yeah, exactly. And it's not like the Jets have shown us that they're good at developing prospects yet. So there's still a lot to prove. So to be completely that's fair. The, that's what uh, I worry with them. Yeah, exactly. But I mean. If, if you have f- three of these players hit or two of these players hit, you, you have two stars. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of good things happening there. And I think, you know, building on last Dude, year's I'm, draft, it's good. Yeah, I'm like, I'm looking at this roster and like, I think this is a team that could, could win seven, eight games. Yeah, Will, I, I think mean, so. Will, like, like you said, like, obviously, we have to see these prospects kind of be what they can be. But like, I mean. 
I don't know how this will play out, but the, the I guess I'm looking at the depth chart, not the roster. ESPN has Brees Hall listed as the starter. So, I mean, you're talking about a lot of young guys. Of course, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson would, would be the addition there. Um, and and defensively, like, they do have a lot of talent. Now you add Sauce Gardner, who, who's a big physical cornerback. I mean, just the exactly kind of guy that you want uh, anchoring, you know, one side of, of your defense. Like, they – they could they could surprise some people. I think. I think. I think. If I was a Jets fan, I, I'd be uh, <laughs> consciously optimistic. Yeah, and you know who shouldn't <laughs> be consciously. You know who shouldn't be consciously optimistic is the team who I thought lost this draft, which is unfortunately uh, my New England Patriots was uh, was really a bust. I the Cole Strange pick at twenty nine was strange to to say the least, and. Uh, and, you know, they took another young quarterback in Bailey Zappi, even though they just took Mac Jones last year. What was the point of that? No idea. Um, it's weird to me. Tyquan Thornton is fast, sure, and that, that was a great, you know, maybe prospect. And Jack Jones and Pierre Strong are both prospects that could develop really well. Um, but in an AFC that is getting hot, and not just an AFC, and an AFC East that we just talked about is getting very hot, you know, they just didn't turn the heat up. They drafted as if it was every other year that they have Tom Brady and who really cares because Bill Belichick can just pick these prospects out of the dust and build a diamond or two that can help them with a Super Bowl. But that's not who we have anymore. That's not the team we are anymore. And so I'm worried that we are the third best, if not the fourth best team in that division, just given the people that have left the team and still a lot of things to prove for Mac Jones. Mac Jones had a great rookie year. He is no nowhere closer to being a proven playoff starter than he was last year because it's just one year they had a great season but players have left impact players have left and so it's going to be really interesting. i mean i i think something that you know we've touched on before too josh mcdaniels is a very very good offensive coordinator and a very yeah. very good quarterback coach that mm-hmm. losing him so early on in, in his development is bill bill's a great coach but bill is a, a defensive guy and and losing josh mcdaniels is, is not is not for nothing yeah, it's not. And we'll see that immediately at the Raiders and hopefully not as much as the Patriots. But, you know, it's going to be rough. And so I, I I give my my team a D, unfortunately, which is not uh, but which is not, you know, unlike me, like I never like our drafts. But this draft just felt like the I urgency. Know. But the, this draft, the urgency felt like it needed to be a little more there. I think I think that's a great word for it. The, the Because, uh, yeah, like you said, like there's times before we're like, yeah, we've got a pretty stable roster. We've got. Tom Brady, um, and and we can we can take Cole Strange in the first round, even though we don't have to. Like Cole Strange might end up being the, the greatest offensive guard of all time. They still didn't need to take him with that pick. I, right, he, you would have added to his lore if you take him in. You know, the, the second or third round. I can't. You know, I don't know exactly what he was. He was ranked overall rank. ESPN was seventy seven. So like that's about middle of the of the third round. Um, so just it's one of those things where you, why use the pick uh, at that time if you don't need to, to use it. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think urgency is, is is the perfect word for it because you're a team that that is you made the playoffs and is right there in the battle. But in a, in a heating up AFC and AFC East uh, and a team that still has some deficiencies and, and stuff, you, you would have liked to see them be a little more aggressive on, on trying to get players that are going to help the team win right now yeah exactly and also the patriots are one of the only teams that have a clear 
clear weakness to me in the AFC. Like, there are teams that are better and worse at defense and offense than others, but the Patriots, when you play them, it's going to be really simple. Play good defense, get in a dogfight, and hope that you score more touchdowns. You probably will because your quarterback is probably better than Mac Jones, unfortunately. You know, it's just, and it's not because Mac Jones is a bad bad quarterback. It's just because there's a lot of good quarterbacks in the AFC now. Well, I think, I mean, there's a reason Tom Brady left, or, one, you know, two reasons Tom Brady left New England. One was he wasn't happy with the weapons. I wouldn't say, I mean, I, that you can feel that that answer, like, I don't think Tom Brady would be coming back right now because they've answered that, you know, uh, question uh, of who Mac Jones also is getting the ball to uh, in the passing game. So not that they don't have good players, but, but not, you know, not guys that, that can really, you know, impact the game. I, I was, I was going to be, you know, I didn't want to be mean and knock knock your boys. And I also, I, it's, it's very foolish to second guess Bill Belichick. Um, True. So while, while I have not on your, on your team, I'll, I'll go with Tom Brady's team because I kind of felt the same way with, with their draft. I, I just didn't think that there was enough urgency to fill the holes in, in their team right now. I mean, like the, the Tom Brady just came out of retirement. The clock is ticking. You guys have to win right now. And and there was, was a team that, that's lost some pieces and also just, you know, wasn't wasn't as good as, as they probably should have been last year. Um, so I thought that they lacked that same sort of urgency in, in trying to make themselves more competitive and winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> they're almost kind of, they kind of had the Patriots effect on them that they have Brady now, where they're like, oh, we don't have to get too much. You know, we got Brady. Right. What's going to happen? And it's like, no, that's, <laughs> that's not how that we're, works. We're happy with what we got. Yeah. And it's like, you know, the NFC is definitely not as strong as the AFC, but, you know, other teams made moves. And that, you know, that Rams game, I, I know it ended close, but it, it ended close because the Rams kind of gave the game. Like, the Buccaneers made plays, but the Rams gave them that game. Before that was happening, the Rams were absolutely shellacking them in Tampa Bay. Right, 100%. You know, and uh, luckily for them, I don't think any NFC teams really did all that well um, in the draft. But, you know, it's going to be, you know, they could have increased their odds even more. And they definitely didn't take those steps. I, t- I totally agree with you there. Um there was a couple interesting wide receiver trades that happened that I don't think a lot of people saw coming. You had A.J. Brown being shipped over to the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, right. one of the best young talents at the receiver position out there. He's younger than some guys that got drafted, for sure. And um, and then you had Hollywood Brown, you know, one of Lamar Jackson's best friends, getting moved from Baltimore to Arizona. Um so what do you think about these trades? How, how, I mean, I think we can say AJ Brown is, is the more impactful trade in terms of the team getting him because he's a better player. Um, so I think that that, I mean, you agree with me there, correct? Like I'm, I'm I don't think anyone's absolutely, Brown's absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah. Mean, I think, I think when you compare these two players, I mean, what they are like AJ Brown is he, he, he had that crazy, crazy rookie year. And I remember it was like a great year for Tannehill too. But I remember I read this stat where like on, basically like lucky plays or like lucky catches. That's, that's a poor way of putting it, but like 50, 50 low chance happening catches and stuff. AJ Brown and Tannehill were like converting them at like 90%. Like it was some absolutely absurd rate. So I think sometimes I think he gets a, I'm not like totally proven on him as being like, if I'm going to argue for him, top five, top 10 receiver in the league, but I think he is a wide receiver one. He's probably top 10. I'm probably being too tough. Um, while by Hollywood Brown, I think is more a 
He, I mean, he's a deep threat. He, like, he, he's a kind of a specific sort of weapon. Right, 100%. So then who do you think um, is hurt more by this trade? The Ravens losing Hollywood Brown or the Titans losing? Is it is it synonymous? The Titans lose a bigger person, so they, they are hurt more? You know, I... I, at first I was, I was going to go absolutely because, because just of that one thing. But now as I'm, I'm now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing more of my research, like I'm doing my work now. That's how, how, you know, professional I am. You look at the rosters, like the Titans got Robert Woods. They get a, a guy who, who I was even high on for the Packers to get in Traylon Burks. You still have, it's still a team that is, you know, the run game is their bread and butter with Derrick Henry as much as AJ Brown is the better player and I, I was going to go with that answer. I think it actually is Hollywood Brown because like I, Robert Woods, like I said, Robert Woods, Traylon Burks, two, two great guys. And then you got Derek Henry, the, the wide receivers for the Ravens right now are Rashad Bateman, Devin DuVernay and, and James Proch. So I, yeah, I, I think just how, how little now there is for the Ravens. The, the answer has to be the Hollywood Brown departure. Yeah, I I agree. I I'm I'm torn. I I think the Ravens are more of a run team than the Titans. I know that the Titans have Derrick Henry, but they rely more on the run game, including Lamar Jackson's running ability, than the Titans. Right. Do. They're still they're still certainly a run run first team themselves. Right. So that makes me want to say the Titans, but I do think the Titans are better set up. And people are saying, oh, Rashad Bateman will slot in for Hollywood Brown. But even with Hollywood Brown, it felt like they had no one to throw to last year. So it's right. just like it's just like at best, you're going to be as good as you were last year. And last year you didn't make the playoffs. So, you know, it's like what you know, I, I don't know if that's at a I, time, like yeah. for a team that like I know they're 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 rush first, but even the Titans are, and and at a time where where wide receivers are putting up like historic numbers, and it's not like they don't throw the ball with Lamar. Like Lamar loves to throw the ball. They they have not had a wide receiver put up any sort of impactful numbers since he's been the starting quarterback. You know, yeah, and and, and like like you said, yeah, okay, Rashad Bateman slides in. Well, that's still. Like we said, Hollywood Brown had his own like weaknesses. Like so, yeah, yeah. It's you're expecting a lot from Rashad Bateman. Where I agree, like in Tennessee, you have a proven guy in Robert Woods, and you have a proven uh, guy in in uh, Tannehill, and not not in terms of like being a better quarterback than Lamar, but in terms of like he's just an outlet quarterback thrower anyway. Like he can just find the outlet and be, and be fine. Lamar sometimes needs those deep threats because he, that's part of his game is the scramble game. Um, and I yeah. think it, it is an important loss that he doesn't have that guy to stretch the field as much anymore. Um, where I just don't think that's a big part of Tannehill's play as much. Um, yeah. Dude, anytime, anytime you can turn and give the ball to, to Derek Henry. Also, your, your life is already, I mean, like your life pretty set up yeah exactly and uh yeah it's funny i also had the titans but i i think but i also i said close so it's gonna be close to see who gets over um in terms of hollywood brown getting traded something that we learned right now but i'm sure they knew when they made this trade uh obviously deandre hopkins out for six games uh with a ped violation how how much do you think that affects the Cardinals? Do you think it's just going to put them lower in the standings, or do you think it could merely mean like no playoffs for Arizona? 
Well, I mean, I, I already – I was not sold on Arizona. I know they made the playoffs last year, but they didn't make much of an impact. We, we saw them. They started well, but certainly um, did not end the season and, and looking to any sort of a good team or, or playoff team really even. Like they, they, I, don't, I don't think anyone thought they were going to challenge the Rams, and they didn't. Um, and so for a team that ended the season faltering, has had some offseason drama – I I think just like with all the the other stuff that they've kind of been dealing with and, and and where they're at right now, it's, it is, it's more impactful than normally it would be like, it, like it always would be impactful because Deandre Hopkins is a great player and and missing him for six games is, it's going to hurt you. Like you're now you have one of the top weapons out, but just to add another layer to a team that has had far too much drama, I I think it could have more of, of like you because just like where they're at and now missing him, I, I don't know what their schedule is, but they could start, you know, two and four or zero, or zero and six. And if they start zero and six, their their heads are going to start rolling, you know. Right. I I think it's catastrophic, and here's why. Right. We talk about the fall off at the end of the season for the Cardinals. It was synonymous with DeAndre Hopkins being out. It, it Those two things were not isolated. Those two things happened at the same right. time. And and that has to be taken into consideration. And you said it. Number two, there's a lot of questions and drama going around in that organization. So now you have your best player gone. You have a quarterback who does he want to play there? Doesn't he want to play there? Is he just going to shut up and leave at some point in the middle of the season? We don't know. There's just so much is he, is he uncertainty. Good is he good enough? I mean, hey, like that's I, mean, fair. I think that's still, I think that's still a legitimate question. If like Kyler Murray can lead a team, like to a Super Bowl run, right? And if that's the question, can he lead it? Does he have the leadership skills? And if he doesn't, does Cliff Kingsbury? And we know the answer is no. Like I don't know why anyone is defending that man. Still, he's not a good coach, and like he's gotten off with having Kyler Murray, and you know that's great because Kyler Murray, as much as maybe he can't lead a team to a Super Bowl, he can lead a team to the playoffs. Um, but man, it's just there's so many people up in the air there, and now losing you know the one thing that you thought was a surefire you know hit. Yeah, it's. I think honestly, I agree with you. I think they start the season really weak, and I think it affects them considering the teams they have to play. Which you know, maybe they lost Russell Wilson. Maybe the Seahawks are going to suck, but they did last year too. You know, so it's not like that's new, and that's not going to like provide a big boost for anybody. And I still think the 49ers are going to be good. The Rams will obviously still be good, so it's going to still be a divisional dogfight there. And um, and I think the Cardinals are going to be very much the worst off for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for a team that, that like, we just, we, 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 for a lot of questions, one answer was, okay, we got DeAndre Hopkins. Like DeAndre Hopkins is, is going to be able to make plays because that's just what he does. He's, he's one of the best receivers in the league. So we at least can hang our hat on that. Like Kyler gets in trouble. Um, he can probably throw it up and DeAndre will make a play. And now missing him when, when you've got all these questions already, it's, it's, it's not, it's not good. It's not good. You're right. Um, you know, we expected to see trades, right? But the Hollywood Brown trade and the AJ Brown trade were not the ones we were expecting. There was three guys that we were expecting to get traded somewhere in the draft and, and, and they're still on their team. So my question for you, Matt is eight, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, Baker Mayfield, Debo Samuel, 
do any of these guys find a different team before the season starts? I mean, I yeah, I mean the only the only one I thought could possibly get traded in, in the draft really was uh, was Debo because I just like right now with like the situations that Jimmy G and, and Baker have, I, I don't feel like there's any. I don't think teams feel any sort of urgency, you know. Right. And, and and so I like I think they're like why we'd rather use our draft pick, you know, than than try and get one of those guys. I was I was kind of like it kind of even seemed like there wasn't all that much chatter with the Debo thing, and that might be the situation. Like the Niners might just be like, no, we're not. At least at this point, we have no intention of doing that. Like we we want to, which if they're smart, like work things out with them, pay them. Play him as a wide receiver. Like I, he maybe he's amenable to that. Um, but I was kind of surprised that there there wasn't maybe a little more because it, it didn't seem like there was much talk about it. And maybe maybe I was just disappointed because God, I would have loved the the Packers to to make a move for it. I didn't think we actually would, but you always got to hope, right? Right. I think Debo Samuel would be great in the Packers. Another team I think would be great. <clears throat> you know, the Ravens. I think that would be a great Absolutely. fit for Debo Samuel. I mean, I know he doesn't want to play that RB, you know, wide receiver one anymore, but I think he could I don't go think to the he Ravens. Would in that, in he that, wouldn't have in that, to. Like, off it. like, the way they run their run game, like, you could, yeah, like. Yeah, you would just be like, listen, just move and we'll throw it to you because there's seven but, other people running. And I'm sure Debo's like, yeah, I'll do a wide receiver, you know, end around every now and then and, and you know, get in motion and stuff and keep the defense on their toes. I'm sure he's still like, would be down with that. Uh, yeah. It would look great. I actually kind of, I was kind of surprised there wasn't more chatter about your guys' team. I, I kind of thought Debo to, to New England would be a, a real scary a gr- yeah. marriage. It would be a scary marriage, but I, you know, I never have hope on draft night that we're going to get some big impact player. That never has right. happened. They're Even like, when we, they're like, the, they're like the Packers, like both our franchises, which to their credit, they, they have both been, two of the winningest teams over the last 20 years, but I don't know if that has to do with how our franchises are run or our quarterback. Exactly. And like, <clears throat> even like we spent a bunch of money in the off season, you know, that one off season, we got a bunch of like mid tier players. It's not like we got, we didn't go out right. there and get Travis Kelsey. We got Hunter Henry and, and, and uh, John Smith. So like everyone's calmed down. <laughs> they're good signings. And they also are, they're like, they're not like the sexiest, like, Right. Yeah. I mean, the last time you think of of a star player coming to New England was was Randy. Right. And that's not, you know, that was it's just not going to happen, you know. And and so I'm looking forward to mediocrity for the next 10 years, which I probably deserve at this point. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Hey, mediocrity is not bad as long as you're not piss poor. There you go. As long as we finish above the Jets, I'll be okay. You know, <laughs> as long as we finish above the Jets, that's my new motto. He'll probably take um, care of that for you. Oh, I'm God. still not entirely sold on Miami. You guys can still beat Miami. Thank you. Thank you. See, second in the AFC East, far beat. I don't, far under. I, I don't know why everyone, like, I feel like everyone's like, yeah, Dolphins are going to, like. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's I'm not still a lot. there's still a lot to decide for sure. Um Quarterbacks. Quarterbacks went later than uh, people thought for sure. Um, but you had three quarterbacks end up kind of, I mean, quarterbacks always end up in interesting positions and I'm not bringing up Matt Corral because of the injury and I'm not bringing up, um, Oh, what's his name from North Carolina? Um, 
Sam Howell. Sam, I'm not bringing up Sam Howell because, you know, there's just maybe, a question about Maybe we should bring up Sam Howell and just saying, you know, sometimes you should just go to the draft. Sam Howell, probably, probably, I, I don't know. I can't remember exactly what his prospects were for last draft because the, the quarterback class was good. But, you know, he started this year as like a top 10 prospect. So I have to imagine if he would have gone out last year, which I think he could have, I might be wrong. He might have been a sophomore. Um, but if he could have, like, he, he would have gone before the fifth round, I think. Yeah. I mean, he, I think Kyle Trask got picked second round. I feel like he could have gotten picked before Kyle Trask uh, last yeah. year. Um, yeah. But uh, we'll bring up the three ones that people think can really make an impact. You have Malik Willis, who ended up surprisingly at. Uh, the Titans. Desmond Ritter ends up at, in Atlanta, and Kenny Pickens stays home in Pittsburgh with the Steelers. Uh, you know, three very interesting places considering the quarterback situations in those three locations. Uh, which rookie do you think takes over the job by the end of the year? Does a rookie take over the job by the end of the year, if if you have no no doubt? You know, I, I, I do think I would be surprised if, if any of them, especially like take over the job, you know, if, of course, they, they could play at some point, but uh, uh, just where they're taking position-wise and team-wise, I think like th- there's no reason that any of them would, would take it over. I think if there's a chance, it's probably down to Ritter and, and Pickett. And uh, you know, I think the Titans are, are there's no reason they're going to move on right now. They're fine with letting Malik Willis develop and, and letting Tannehill do his thing. Um, and I think I think with the Steelers roster and, and Mitch's skill set. I think they, they they'll stay in the playoff race longer. Like I, I think the, the Steelers, I look at as as a possible play. I know the AFC is tough, but Mike Tomlin gets it done every. Like I, I think they'll at least be in the hunt. Where I, I think they'd be like, why would we? Unless they're so so sold on Pickens, which then why? Like it, it seems like you would have to impress them a lot more. Of course, Russell Wilson went I think in the third round and and then still won that game. So we're starting. Um, position so it, it has been done before but I, I don't see that happening so i think the, the most likely chance would, would be ritter in atlanta just because i, I don't think they're going to be competitive uh marcus Mariota is a, a good quarterback but we know what we kind of expect from him uh, and so i think if you see some uninspired play you're losing games and, and it's kind of like why not at some point throw the rookie in there and, and get him some experience yeah, I agree with you. I think none of these quarterbacks are going to take over. They might play some minutes. Yeah. I just think the th- the place that the three teams are sitting, it, it, it doesn't seem like any place where you would want to make that switch. I agree. Tannehill, you know, is, is good enough where you'd think Malik Willis is going to have to make such a leap in his first year in order to get over Tannehill because Tannehill's no, no one to joke about. You know, granted his interceptions in the playoff, fine. But Tannehill's shown that he is a capable, above-average NFL quarterback. Um, and Here's the thing with Tannehill and Malik Willis. Do you think Malik, like, yes, we know Tannehill has, has weaknesses. Do you think Malik Willis is going to get you the top seed in the AFC? Because Tannehill has. Yeah, exactly. And and I, I think that's a great point. And, you know, they're going to need to stay competitive with a really good Colts team. And I don't think you're going to do that with Malik Willis. Yeah. So it's not going to happen there. You know, Ritter, you think, okay, well, Marcus Mariota is your only competition, but I think they also got Mariota for a reason, you know, and I think that they're going to stick with him as long as they want. Maybe they bench him for a game, but I don't also think that Ritter is ready 
to there's a reason he didn't get picked first or picked higher as well. So I think that um, you know Mariota is going to play longer than people expect. I think you're you're right. Kenny Pickett is definitely the one that I look at. You know maybe maybe the Steelers if they're like in a mediocre spot and Trubisky's really been poor. You know maybe they they switch it out, but. I, I agree. Steelers teams are just so they're kind of like Patriots teams where even though there's a lot of things wrong, they're still eight and eight, even at their worst. So it it doesn't make but, it know, seem like. But I think that's, you know, you make you make a really good point, though. They they get it done where they, we can you could see a scenario where like the Steelers are like six and five and Trubisky's playing like crap. Yeah. And like there's still and then that that's a really good point, because then they would be like, well, shit, who? Why not? Like, if, if he's so bad, we might as well so pick it in there and see if he can actually help us win some games or not put us in shitty spots. That would be because, yeah, the Steelers would be the team that would be able to survive. We've seen them survive bad quarterback play. Yeah, they'd just be like, listen, we're already we're above <laughs> what 500. they've been doing. Right. We're above 500. And what we have has been trash. So might as well. Like it can't get worse, you know, so might yeah. as well throw Kenny in there. Um, yeah, it's possible. And also, like. You know, Trubisky's there's going to be a lot of noise in Pittsburgh around Trubisky if he starts bad, because, you know, we all want the comeback story. But if it turns into like we always knew what he was, that's going to go downhill real fast, especially with the fan base like the one in Pittsburgh. So, right. The thing with second chances is if you don't really take it, then the the old narrative about you is going to come back around real quick. Right, exactly. So I still am going to say none of them, but I think the one that we can look at is Kenny Pickett. Um, in terms of then, in terms of then, who you think is going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year? What do you, What do you think is going to happen there? Do you think it's if you don't think it's a quarterback, who do you think it's going to be? Yeah, I, I certainly would be surprised if it was a quarterback, and I could see a, a guy like maybe Brees Hall in, in New York making an impact as, as the starter. Um, because I, I really, I'm a huge, huge Brees Hall fan. I like, I, I think he's I, I absolutely as well-rounded as a running back as you can get, but man, with this receiver class and just what we've seen from young receivers, it, it seems very unlikely. It's not one of them. I'm going to go with Chris Olave. Uh, you know, we, we've seen Ohio state receivers have, have some very good success down in, in new Orleans. I think with Jameis there, you, you've got a quarterback who is, it's a little, I mean, look, is Jameis proven on, winning games and, and, you know, making you a top, top team, eh, but Jameis can throw the rock around. And so th- there's going to be yards to be, to be gotten. And I think a lot will, will make an impact very, very quickly down in new Orleans. Yeah. I mean, I love that pick. And I also went with the receiver. Uh, you know, I think it is, I think it is going to be Drake London. You know, I think the Falcons will have to throw a lot because they're going to be down a lot. And, you know, I think Drake London, you know, gets like 100 yards a game, truthfully, between him, especially with the with the attention being paid on Kyle Pitts. You know, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for him as well. I see him kind of having a season like Devonna Devonna Smith had um, in, in Philly, you know, kind of like a really quiet thousand yard season. Um, I can see that out of Drake London and, and maybe it's not the flashiest. But I also don't think any of these receivers are going to be like Jamar Chase, where it's a clear runaway, you know, offensive rookie of the year. At the very least, if the if Atlanta can get themselves in the red zone, where like you get yourself the opportunity to throw up a jump ball, when you have Kyle Pitts and 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 Drake London, one of them is gonna get in like a one on one like jump ball opportunity, and both of them are absolute monsters of, of athletes who are 
almost unstoppable in that sort of position. So it should have the opportunity for, for one of them or both, you know, like right. London will be able to take advantage of it early on in the season. And then, and then teams are going to have a real, you know, conundrum on their hand. I, I wonder if there's a way to bet on, because like what position would win offensive rookie of the year? Because wide receiver has to be like the favorite by a ton. By a ton. I don't know what and else. It's really like I- minus a thousand. Like they, there's, they're all so good. And, and really it's like, who else, what other position would it be? Yeah. Right now, actually the favorite I checked the odds before is Kenny Pickett, I believe after Drake London. Um, wow. So people are like, Kenny Pickett's going to take over and be offensive rookie of the year. Um, but you know, it, we, I just, I don't see him coming in soon enough, you know, to like have that kind of season. It is. I mean, I, I wonder what the odds were at one point. Now I'm looking at it. There's some good odds here, but like plus 600 for Kenny Pickett is a great bet though, because like, if he does take over, we've seen it like a quarterback's going to win. Yeah. That's like Justin Jefferson had a historic season and still didn't get the damn award. Like they, 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 they love giving it to quarterback and it, and he would also have a nice narrative because it would be like, Oh, this guy, people were questioning about him and now he's led the Steelers in his hometown. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. And they got Brees Hall and, and Burks tied at third. But where's a lot plus a thousand for a I'll take that all day. There you go. Matt's wager in the house on a in in New Orleans. <laughs> Matt's I love it. In the house. Love um, it. Defensive rookie of the year. Who do you got? There's a, there's a lot of different options here. Obviously Aiden Hutchinson is one, obviously number one pick Trayvon Walker uh, I I ended up going with uh, I ended up going with Kayvon Thibodeau. I just think he's kind of like one of the biggest impact players in this draft period, and I think he's kind of set up to do really good things with the Giants. You know, a la like a Michael Strahan 2.0. Like, obviously, I don't know if he's going to reach that level, but he's got those kind of skills. Uh, you said it now. I said and when it you're right, sure. Yannick, and when you're right, Yannick, we're gonna we're gonna come back. There you go. Okay. Well so. Done. He's going to be the best Giants uh, edge guy since since Michael Strahan. Right there. Say it right there. He's, he's coming for you, Good Morning America. He's coming for you. And then he's going to host Good Morning America. Man, I need mm-hmm. to put money on this. Um, yeah, so do you, do you agree? Or, what are the uh, odds on Kayvon Thibodeau? Hosting Good Morning America. Someday hosting Good Morning America. Ah, that would be an incredible bet. Uh, no, I, I, well, I, I think smart bet wise and pick wise. I think you have to go with, with one of these defensive ends, Hutchinson, Thibodeau, Walker. My favorite of them is, is Thibodeau. Like I, he is, I, I think he, he just lost some steam because he didn't play last year. Like he, he really is the most traditional sort of impactful edge rusher and, and, and was kind of the top prospect coming into the year. And, and I think he'll have such a good opportunity in New York to make the, to make the impact. Um, but I, I went with, with, with a fun one just for the hell of it. Uh, and I, I went with Derek Stingley Jr. down in Houston. <laughs> I think I think he, you know, Why? Houston's gonna because Houston's gonna be getting their ass kicked, and I think he's gonna be. I think he's such a versatile defensive player, and and we've seen how how those how those guys that you can move around like that, like a Micah Parsons. Obviously, he's a defensive back, not a like linebacker, but I think he'll be able to to move around so much, and he impacts the game. So like he was a beast on that LSU championship team. So I think. 
like Houston's going to get in their their chance to to get their ass kicked so much that like he's going to be in the position to make so many plays and like I think he's going to rack up turnovers and it's like Houston's going to get their their shit rocked but like I think Stingley is going to be like the one out of the eleven guys out there that's like making plays. Yeah, that's fair. You know. <laughs> it's interesting to think your defense gets used so much that your defensive players get to star. Uh, it's a, it's an interesting concept. I, yeah. Well, it'd be like, like if you're on a really shitty offensive team, uh, in basketball and you drop 40 points a game, like, damn dude, that, he's carrying that fucking team because the rest of them are not, you know? So he, yeah, I think he'll, he's going to get picks, force fumbles, get sad. Like, I, I think they're going to, and just where Houston's at, I think they're going to use him a lot like that and just be like, let's see, let's see what you can fucking do over here because he's, he's a special player. Yeah. All right. Well, I love it. Any other surprises you saw in this draft that kind of, you know, stood out to you? I, honestly, like I, we talked so much about the quarterbacks and, and, and what a underwhelming scouting wise uh, they were for, for this year. But I, I was still really surprised that, that the quarterbacks dropped so much. Like, like it, I know they're not very touted. And I do think they're also, to be fair, a lot of teams in the NFL right now are happy. Like they either have a, a proven commodity or they've got a young guy that they're really re- like ready to invest in. So I do think a lot of teams are content with, with where they're at right now quarterback-wise. So I think that had an impact on it as well. Um, but but it surprised me to, to you know only have one quarterback taken after two rounds in a position that we routinely see. I mean, most of the time we're like, wow, can you believe they they reach for that guy? Like whether it, it pans out or not, most of the time it seems like quarterbacks are, are you know flying off the board. So to only see one through two, and and, and even just throughout the the rest of the draft, they, they weren't coming off very quickly. Uh, it, it surprised me. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, even us who we didn't have a faith in the quarterbacks thought it would be faster than that. So I, I definitely just because of the like the, the the inherent importance of the position, you know. Right, and and for me, I had a surprise that it was Malik Willis going to the Titans. That really shocked me. I I did not expect <clears throat> them to be the one that takes them. Just given, you know, like not that I have a million miles of faith in Ryan Tannehill, but. You know, it was just not one of the teams that I looked at that needed the quarterback. But now you look at it and you said it perfectly earlier. Now he can kind of learn <clears throat> from from Tannehill, learn under his wing. And then when the time comes, should he develop, there you are, you know, and is ready to go. So I, I think it is a great pick. And uh, just but it's also me. it also does feel kind of surprising because I feel like when we think of the Titans. Like, I think like if we're talking about most like old school traditional football teams, I think they might be like number one. And I think we look at Malik Willis as, as a guy who, who is not, you, you don't want to use him in, in a tradition. You want to let that, you want to, you know, be like a Lamar, Lamar Jackson and, and take advantage of, of a skill set that can make him far more dangerous on the field. So, so it was, it, that it was, that was a surprising part of it for me too. Right. Not a quarterback, not a team that you thought like a versatile, dynamic quarterback is ready to slot into uh, by yeah. any means. I like and, it, though. I like it. Yeah. No, me too. I mean, you know, I think they, we both agree, like quarterback wise, he like if you're going to get one from this this draft, he would be the one I, I'd want to get. Yeah. I mean, if there's a quarterback that was going to drop to you that you thought, well, he's just too good to pass up. That was going to be the one. It wasn't going to be Kenny. It wasn't going to be, you know, Desmond or <laughs> Sam Howell. Um, it was going to be, uh, it was going to be Brock Mr. Purdy, Mr. Relevant. Good for him, honestly. 
Hey, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of surprised he got drafted. Not only did he get drafted, like if you're going to get drafted late, hell yeah, be the last pick. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Be Mr. Irrelevant. Take that and go and run with it. And, uh, you know, the Patriots signed Derek King, uh, which I thought was interesting as hell um, from my from Miami. Um, and, you know, great talent and uh, a lot of injury issues. But he's listed as a quarterback, running back and wide receiver. And it's just so funny to me. <laughs> so uh, but, hey, you never know. He is, uh, he is a guy that has can be used in a maybe he's the next Antoine Randall L. Yeah, there you go. That I hope so. You hear that, football gods? That's what I want. That's what I want from this undrafted rookie. Give it to me. Bill, Bill, uh, Bill could use him well. Yeah, he could. Yeah, he could. That's yeah, the thing. Even I, on even on on, uh, on Wikipedia, just alone, it just it just just wide receiver. I was wondering as soon as you said they signed him, I was wondering what what position they would have signed him under. I like yeah. that. I like that. I like that signing. Me too. I mean, they love wide receivers who can throw. That's their bread and butter. So. Uh, they uh, Dude, they love two, that play. Two, two Dowling kids got signed, undrafted free agent. Uh, Jake Hummel, also Iowa State guy, and Kerner Hawkeye, of course. Yeah, oh, hell yeah, baby. Nice. And uh, yeah, I, I, obviously, I love, I love high school, bro. Yeah, 